0: Try to speak from your diaphragm, from your lady parts.
1: Oh God. Okay.
0: The time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence, resulting in this alternate reality. English, brother, brother. All right. Well, welcome everyone to uh, episode zero, I'm calling it, to the uh, Sideways in Time podcast. It's kind of a podcast, uh, hence the Twitter handle at podcast, kind of, because Sideways in Time and every variation of it was taken on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I am your host, of course, co host. I'm used to saying host, co host, Lucha Chris, and directly in front of me, the beautiful. Beautifully bearded young man, Patriot Pat. What's up, Pat? Oh, you you spoil me with your compliments. I gotta, yeah. But I, I am beautiful. You know, it's the way God made me. Um, Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's very patriotic. Yeah, I try to look good for America. It's Um, working. Be a beacon for. All the people in the world. So, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm all right. We actually haven't seen each other face to face in probably close to a month. Yeah, about that. You had to go find greener pastures. To, okay. Sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> leave, kind of... leave me in the in the in in the mines working with dead canaries and wow. You know, yeah, you had to go out and you know. Chase your dream, you bastard. I'm, I'm flipping birds, <laughs> Just not fast food. So yeah, thanks for making me seem as glorious as I made you sound. So you just got recently uh, back. Just got... You... I, I returned from... <laughs> I, it's this Smoothie King, man. It's got me all wired I up. I that spiked with some apricot or something. Uh, something like that. So uh, you just got back from Vegas here recently, yeah. right? How was that? Yeah. Oh, it was a blast. It was kind of uh, my wife and mine's honeymoon. Um, yeah, we went out to Vegas for a week. We did Vegas, Grand Canyon, Red Rock Canyon, Hoover Dam, because... You know that's the dad part of the trip. You got to squeeze that. Got to check over. Yeah, uh, Grand Canyon, absolutely beautiful. If you go there and you don't cry <laughs> at just the majesty, you're 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 dead inside. Um, and then Vegas. I mean, that was my first time ever in Vegas. Vegas is great. Um, I we only lost like eighty bucks. Nice. Um, Did yeah. you win any money? Uh, and Casey, my my wife, she won twenty bucks in the airport. <laughs> and the way we were, right before we flew out. Nice. So, yeah. So, um, Some extra peanuts for the flight home. Yeah, yeah. Well, we flew spirit airs every okay. so everything. <laughs> okay. We had to pay for the bag, pay for the seat, pay for the air blower, pay for the, you know. Yep. They um, charge you to open the, the, the plane door. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was great. Uh, walking up and down the strip, we did that a bunch of times. And uh, I got accosted by titty cops, I don't know how many times. Yeah, just just slutty little little women dressed up and is they're actually um, on the payroll. Uh, I I think so. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah! I got to go to they, Vegas. They were trying to arrest me for being too sexy. So you were right about your. Uh, I, I, you know, people are going to see the picture of us and they're going to be like, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't think that they're going to be like, who's the fucking Ted Nugent broody? <laughs> they need to swish. That guy needs mask. <laughs> the, the other guy, not so much. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, Vegas is great. Um, and then next year, we're talking uh, either the Badlands or Rocky Mountain next summer. Rocky Mountain, I know for a fact, is dope. I don't think I've ever been to the Badlands, but it sounds badass. It, it is. Yeah, so, I saw pictures of it. It, it looks awesome. So, sweet. Hell yeah. yeah. Anything. And I'm sure there's things that should be left in Vegas. I'm, I'm, you know, there's always. You can't bring everything back. Well, the that's why, you know, we, we buried the hookers in the in the desert. So. That's supposed to stay in Vegas. Yeah, you know, but we were inside Save the Limits, so, you know, it's, it's all good. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> uh, so, as I said before, this Lots is... Lots of hookers. <laughs> so many hookers. Uh, this is the first, actually, that I call, like I said, we're calling it the episode zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, no, I can't call it ground zero. Clive, uh, whatever his name, Clive Lewis will probably Yeah. Yeah, know. well, we're ensued on episode zero <laughs> uh so the reason being because we're just working out some kinks we we kind of have a general idea of the direction we want to take the format of this show i would expect it changes quite a bit mm-hmm. just because both of us are very you know indecisive i would spastic a spastic um but we have a general idea uh if you're not following us on social media i'm at Luchacris tv on twitter i'm at gone patrick but if you type patriot pat patriot pat yeah that, that's that's my handle because it's not g-o-n-e no it's g-a-u-g-h-a-n there you go and uh then you can also find us on facebook but man
1: yeah.
0: um at, on facebook we do have uh i think i called it the sideways in time nerds yes it's a little there. private group in case as we get going anybody wants to jump in and We'll be asking questions. We'll be taking polls. We'll be, you know, getting requests and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but if you haven't been following us on social media for the last few weeks, we've been kind of pushing this show um, and one of the, we're going to have a lot of different fun segments that we're going to go through and try to change it up for most people's wrestling podcasts because there's a lot. But why are we calling it Sideways in Time, Chris? Well. Looch. (laughs) Looch. Uh, That's going on the next shirt. Looch. Uh, Well. To take it back and kind of quickly, obviously you and I met at our, your place of employment, Mm -hmm. my ex place of employment. Um, and we were working together. We kind of got along for the most part, just as, as work buddies. Okay. okay, Let me, let me tell the story. We worked together in the department and, uh, he had just started, I'd been there for six months or whatever. And, uh. Uh, this this is where the romance began. All um, love stories start with a great introduction. I agree. Um, so I'm in the back uh, working uh, and uh, uh, somebody picks something up and I said, oh, look at you, big strong boy. And I went, big strong boy, big strong boy. And he fucking meerkats. He goes, did somebody say big strong boy? Is somebody a Tyler Bate fan? And I was like holy shit, and then, you know, that's, yeah, that's where we realized our were kindred spirits, and, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was a beautiful thing, you know. So, because of that, we fast forward a little bit, we're good friends, you know, we, we keep in touch at work, we get in trouble quite a bit, because we'd rather spend most of our time <laughs> either talking music or wrestling, or in comics, or whatever, and uh, it's going to be hard for you guys to imagine hearing us talk about it, but. There's a machine that we have to plug in to charge it. The machine has the, – the, the, the clips that go together resemble the clips that <laughs> Doc Brown has to connect in Back to the Future uh, at the clock tower. I forgot about that. <laughs> if you're listening and you're not watching, which obviously this one you're not, if you don't know what we look like, Pat's a taller, white-beard, white-haired guy, a little bit older than me. I'm the short, dark-haired, baby-face-ish little guy so we resemble marty and doc and that yeah. whole moment happened we're like, we're like dollar general Marty and Doc. <laughs> exactly so anyway so yeah so from that point forward we kind of had a little inside joke with each other and around work that we were like marty and doc that all being said this is the longest intro of all time no shit so sideways in time because forward to the past is already taken uh One of the big segments that we're going to do is going to be, I don't know if we're going to continue to call it What If. I think I have some other ideas in mind that will make it a little bit more fun. Yeah, well, Disney kind of wrapped that up, too. Yeah, and there's a lot of What If wrestling things, but I've never heard any of them, actually. Maybe, how about dot, dot, (laughs) dot. So so that being said, uh, Sideways in Time, because one of the main segments, as of right now, today, we're going to call it What If. Uh, We're going to go back in time. And we're going to, with the help of you guys, and we actually got a lot of help from you guys early on with some, some questions that we asked about, what are the best pro wrestling what-if moments? Um, there's been a lot, and I'm not going to drop them all now because we've got a podcast to do in the future. But one of the more popular ones, especially since this is the 25th year anniversary mm-hmm. of the MWO, we figured it would probably make most sense to dive into this one. So at the end of the podcast today, uh, we're going to do the what-if Sting ended up being the third man instead of Hogan. I don't know if anybody knows, but Sting was the only other person in mind in case Hogan decided he didn't want to do it. So at the end of the podcast, stick around. We're going to do that one. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, But to start off, um, I don't know if this will be a regular thing or not either, but we have to talk about it was such a big week. I mean, we picked the perfect (laughs) week to or the most, the best week or the worst week, because you know, so much happened. We're either going to drown in all the podcasts talking about what happened this week in oh. wrestling, <laughs> or we're going to shine, which I'm going to go with shine. Oh, let's hope so. So start us off. Where do you want to start with this? Oh, okay. Um, there's, but, uh, you know, why don't we just start with Rampage? Do it. Punk coming back. That was, uh, I, I was never a huge CM Punk fan, I enjoyed his work, but I was I was never like best in the world and stuff. I was like, you know, I, I was the the casual CM Punk fan, right? Didn't hate him, you know. It, you know, if you looked at the bell curve, I was more on the light side, but not all the way at the end. But still, him coming back, uh, even though it, you know everybody said worst kept secret um, when that, even them even they said that, yeah. <laughs> and when his music started playing. I didn't even hear it at first because the crowd was so loud you couldn't hear the first few wrists. I thought that too. And Which, also, Living Color, my favorite band in eighth grade. Um, <laughs> I wore that tape out. That's how old I am. I, I had a fucking cassette tape. But anyway. Hell yes. So CM Punk comes out and I was just like, oh my God. And, you know, they did that perfectly. They gave him the mic. They said, go out there, do your thing. The dude is a master on the mic. I mean, you know, Whether you like his in-ring ability or not, in his mic work, he is up there with Piper and, you know, fucking, you know, just the greats. So, on that point, you know, maybe he's not the best wrestler in the world. Some may argue that, and they have every right to do so. But Hogan wasn't the best wrestler in the world. He got over because he was a badass pro wrestler. Not just the wrestler. He could talk, he could do the whole thing. CM Punk's the same way. My other point, and maybe... I hate to use the term, but trumps all other points. Uh, Jim Cornette yeah. is on record saying that is not even close to how he would have done it, but it was better. Yep, that they nailed it, and I have to agree. Like, like you, like I honestly, around the time Punk was really starting to finally blow up back in those days, mm-hmm. I was slowly inching away from wrestling. I was still kind of paying attention when I could, but. I wasn't interested in that era. They, I wasn't. I wasn't a Del Rio fan. There was just so many elements I wasn't interested in. Diva era, didn't care. Punk was the interesting one in the room, but even then, I wasn't really paying as much attention. Years later, fast forward, I've gone through and really dug in. Like when the network was still alive, fuck Peacock, um, <laughs> would dive in and, and really, you know, check up on those things. Like you said, first of all, everybody knew he was coming. Like you said. <clears throat> But it did not mean anything. Like, I, it, it was amazing. It was an amazing, amazing moment. I thought the uh, the fact that uh, Booker T, for whatever reason, says that he, he didn't do well because all he did was come in to talk about WWE. The funny part is he, did, he worked his way around even mentioning them by mm-hmm. saying he left pro wrestling in 2005 and is now returning to pro wrestling he, in he, 2021. He, he insinuated, but he, he didn't. Yeah, he, yeah he, he was insinuated, but yeah, I I that's I mean, that's fucking semantics. Everybody knows. You have to mention it. Yeah. It, it has to be brought up because he hasn't been around since he worked there. Mm-hmm. It's been eight years since he left that company. And so, the reasons he left, you know, he was working sick. And, you know, what, what do you have, like a fucking goiter or whatever? You know, the, yeah, or sepsis or some shit was yeah. just fuss filled And just burned out. Yeah. Angry for other re- You know, there was so many, there was a storm brewing that, that got him away from it, but... I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I assumed he'd never be back to wrestling. Uh, that He made it sound like he hated it. Yeah, everybody everybody did. I mean, you know, so having him back is it's going to be fun. And seeing him working with the younger talent, seeing him working with the established talents. And saying did. it straight up that his main focus is to be there. He said it in that promo that his main focus is to be there to help the young talent. Which, also, uh, I, uh, I texted this to Luch. Uh, That's what I'm calling you now. That's your fucking name. Uh, (laughs) See, you can abbreviate Patriot, and you just get Pat, so it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, Oh, you do? I didn't even think about that. Or Riot. Oh, yeah. Pat Riot. Pat Riot, yeah. Anyways, continue. It used to be related to Ruby, but she left the family, so... (laughs) My Soho princess. Um, Her vignettes are great. Those little vignettes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, back on track... um, (laughs) AEW bringing up the younger stars. I know NXT does it from time to time again, but uh, I tweeted this to, or texted this to Chris, um, and then I blasted this on Facebook. Uh, I used to do ring announcing for this little promotion, a couple of little promotions in Indiana. Um, And one of the guys that I used to call to the ring uh, in, literally in a four inch uh, fairgrounds barn um, a couple of times, but he was on dark uh, this past Tuesday night. Isaiah Moore, yeah, he's in a, a a smush match as my wife calls it. Um, <laughs> he's he's in a squash match with the Dark Order and stuff, and he took the pin. But you know what? He looked great in defeat. He, I, you know, I'm watching. I wasn't watching as a fan at this point. I was watching, going, okay, you know, I want to see this guy do well, and you know, I think he, I think he sold well. I think he, you know, so I'm hoping more happens for him. I don't get very nervous anymore. When AEW not smushes necessarily, but when those younger talents aren't necessarily always winning, it doesn't scare me like it did in WWE, NXT, mm-hmm. other companies because they're proving no matter what, doesn't really matter right now. Let them, let them get the ring rust, or not even ring rust, let them get in there and yeah, learn what they're doing. Deal. Because when you have a roster of, uh, first of all, they're legends are booked correctly so far. I'm not saying that they won't one day maybe start screwing it up, but as of right now, they have done nothing to prove that they will. Their legends have come in and are in perfect spots. The young talent, the guys like Darby Allin, who are, I mean, now if he wasn't over before, is more over than he's ever been because CM Punk is reaching his hand out to him. Jungle Boy, and I mean, I'm partial because that's like my favorite fucking dude on AEW in general, but... Give it five, six years, him, Sammy, fucking. Uh, who, who, oh, I I always forget his name. The dude that he did he, his brother went out, and so he, Matt Sidell. No, no, no. Oh. He 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 tagged with the Sidell brothers in the triple threat match. Uh, oh, Dante Martin. Yeah. Oh my God. Jesus, that dude is. He's still got a little while too, because he's only like twenty. But. Well, you know? It it it's like you know. He's amazing. He, he's up there with like Ricochet and like the human highlight reel type thing. Yeah, yeah and Ricochet's like forty. Yeah, yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? And he's yeah. had a long career ahead of him that wasn't didn't have anywhere near the shine mm-hmm. that Dante Martin's got right now. I mean, just dude is no. When, yeah, when he was doing, he was spinning around, then all of a sudden you know a stunner out of nowhere. Like, ah, how, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah, man. Like that. They're, they're killing it over there. And then again, you know, with the whole punk thing, and looking at it, if you look at it just the right way, even if he never really wrestles much, which I'm sure he's not going to wrestle a lot, he's going to be like a marquee guy. He's going to be not part time, but semi part time. He'll do like, you know, three month runs, right. like a little time off, two, Exactly. two month run. And apparently they've already been talking to him for almost two years about doing this, which. Doesn't where before I was kind of worried if they bring in Punk and this is just like kind of a spur of the moment thing. Then what happens to what they've already put down mm-hmm. in place as far as stories? But if they've already had this in mind, uh, Adam Page is gone because his wife's having a baby. Oh, is so. that where he left off? So perfect timing, yeah. you know, because his heat, not not heel heat, but his he's got so much behind mm-hmm. him. Everybody want him to beat Kenny for the AEW title. I don't think CM Punk is going that direction just yet. He might somewhere down the road, but he doesn't need a title yet. It's like the fiend; you should have never put it on him. Um, but the concept that he he first of all, ramp, second episode ever of Rampage got over a million, possibly two. I uh, I think I saw one point five or one point two five. One of the I'll look it up here in a minute. We'll, we'll we'll I'll throw it in there. But yeah, I mean, just the idea that a night two. Of a brand new show. On a Friday night at 10 o'clock. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's that's nuts. That's drinking time. That's party time. Exactly. And so, mission accomplished with bringing Punk in the way they did. Mm -hmm. Regardless, that's also bringing... And apparently nobody in the locker room is upset with this. Nobody's like, oh man, he's going to take our spot. He's there to help. It's like there's no... No one can convince me otherwise at this point. Well, yeah. And how many of those... Like you look at the matches that followed for people that were like, Oh, you know, I'm gonna keep on watching because Punk is back, and it was and, awesome. Yeah, then all of a sudden they get to see, you know, uh, Jurassic Express, they get to see, uh, oh god, I'm blanking out with uh, uh, Cargill and um, Kiara Hogan, yeah, yeah, and then I the that was the main event was Jungle Express, or uh, geez. Uh, Jurassic Express yeah. Um, but yeah so and I was actually just listening to a band from Rakeside podcast on the way over here from last week and they made a valid point too I was kind of weird about it at first but the idea of Rampage only being an hour is spectacular I love it because you, you, it's you just, get done and you want more it Exactly. And it's it's all wrestling. You get a little promo, but it's you know, it's all wrestling. I feel like it's gonna be a, a big way to have powerful story progressions mm-hmm. without having to go from pay-per-view to pay per view, like that one solid hour of just basically three matches, probably more than anything. Cause honestly, I didn't watch it a lot in the beginning, but Dark and Dark Elevation, even though they're very long, they're awesome. Yeah, I actually, yeah. they, I, they have stories even going on down there, which I didn't expect. Yeah, that was, because uh, I was watching Dark last night, uh, uh, and uh, my wife was, uh, she said, uh, you know, is oh, yeah, did the storylines, you know, are there, and I was like, well, the, the storylines do relate to uh, the main roster, you know, Dynamite and Rampage, I said, but if you don't watch Dark, you're not missing out on, you know, it's just, it's just like, you know, uh, so, it's character development more than it is actual storytelling. Yeah, it's like Dynamite is your, your state, you know, Dynamite Rampage or your steak and potatoes and then you know, uh, freaking Dark and Dark Elevation. That's like the candles and the, the right. napkins and stuff. It's like you know, yeah. You can eat the meal without it, Yeah. But you're gonna enjoy the meal But this. Just it gives you a little more. It's you know? fancy, you know, yeah. It uh, makes a little daintier. Yeah, you know, you know it, that way when you, you know, when you pick up your your AEW tumbler, <laughs> I don't know if they have those. But I don't know. They you should. AEW Turvis tumbler. Oh yeah, Cody's listening to this. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think we have somebody named Cody listening to this. Oh, we might have one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we might have one. But, uh, Shout out, Cody. Uh, Whichever one you want. Uh, all, all of all them. Of them. <laughs> we love Cody's. <laughs> That'll be our next t-shirt. <laughs> we love Cody. <laughs> I don't even know. When you're drinking out your AEW Tervis tumbler, you have your pinky in the air. Exactly. That's, that's the point I was getting into, which lost all its fire <laughs> Signed so much. Yeah, Did so... Did I mention I'm a... Tenure stand-up comedian, yeah. you know. it's working out great. <laughs> yeah, so oh yeah, far. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a library in Kansas City, Missouri, recording podcast. It's gorgeous in there. It's cool. It's nice I mean, and shiny. Everyone yeah. can see us. It's really awkward. I know. I should put my pants back on. Ah, no, you man. shouldn't. I get excited when it's wrestling. we're gonna run till the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, in closing, with the <laughs> the CM Punk thing, like super exciting. I think he'll be on Dynamite. Well, I don't. I don't know can, this should either air this episode. Today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow, um, but I think he'll be on Dynamite tonight. If not, he'll be at All Out on uh, September fifth. Oh well, Dynamite's in Chicago tonight, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. So yeah, because I think they're doing like two weeks at Chicago. Yeah, it would make sense if he showed up on. Yeah. D- I mean, come on. So yeah, so uh, either way, he's got that match against Darby Allen on uh, All Out on September fifth. So that's gonna be dope. I guess we could talk about, and we can go a few minutes on this one, uh, SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was some good. There was. There, there was. really was. Okay, yeah. I, I want to get takeaway. Um, I want to preface, because what, uh, what i might be saying in the upcoming episodes might be, you know, that I hate WWE and I'm pegging on WWE. And, um, I have been a WWE fan for over 30 years. Uh my friend in grade school. His birthday fell around WrestleMania, so he would have his birthday party would be WrestleMania. So, my first exposure to wrestling was WrestleMania three, um, and uh, you know, and like I knew I was watching something cool when uh, uh, when I saw the the uh, Roddy Piper Adrena Adonis match. At WrestleMania nice. III. I knew I was watching something cool. I knew I was watching something special when I saw Steamboat Savage. And I was, you know, 10, you know 9, 12 years old, something like that. Um, uh, but I knew I was watching something special. That then you get to Hogan and Andre, and I knew that I was watching something that was just like paradigm shift. So I've been a WWE fan. Not the Dean Ambrose move. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so I've been a WWE fan since, you know, the mid-'80s. Um, but the way the product is now pisses me off so much
1: so I, I don't want to come at it like I'm uh like I'm a WWE hater. I'm more like a jaded
0: ex-girlfriend who is like I'm, I've thrown all your shit onto the the fucking uh <laughs> under the fucking front yeah. lawn because you mistreated me you treated me like shit and god damn it I'm a motherfucking princess you gotta treat me well you gotta take me out you gotta fucking wind me and dine me you wanna you know you wanna get in these pants then then goddamn it WWE you gotta fucking earn it and you ain't been earning it you've been fucking releasing everybody you've been whoring yourself out and and I'm, so I, I'm not happy with it but I'm, so SummerSlam <laughs> so SummerSlam so <laughs> The, the right oh, spots. Yeah. Holy fuck, was that Edge? Oh yeah, that was, was awesome. Rollins match. I mean, the you, intro alone was was super The Intro great. alone was great. Um, and, but those two, you can't go wrong with those you, two. You, they could, you know. They, uh, somebody was saying like, oh, they should. I think Michael Cole said, you should show this to all the the recruits and up in covers. and comers. And yeah, absolutely right. They should have already been watching. That those put on those two put on a fucking clinic. I agree. Um, And you know just the. The storytelling psychology and storytelling with the neck that, mm-hmm. you know, and the, this is like the second or third time that Rollins has done somebody trying to spear him into a pedigree, which yeah. I love. Yeah. The uh, always cool looking, um, you know, it's an ugliest looking pedigree, but at the same time, it's cool. It's looking. cool though. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like a Volkswagen thing. It's ugly as fuck, but right. you still want one. Of course. But uh, well, I don't, but yes, I, I get the okay, appeal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks for shooting down there. Uh, <laughs> Roman Cena was good. I loved it. I Even really though I think it. everybody knew that he was not losing. I You see, I no. I thought, because the way they were building it up, the whole one, two, three, which that promo that those two cut was brilliant. Yeah, they're but, great. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought, and, and then, you know. Fucking like Cena doing all these roll-ups all the time. Okay. Where he he you know, he was and he even admitted he's like, Yeah, I know you're gonna kick my ass, but I just need one, two, three. So he's right. like, You know, it was like he was fighting from behind the whole time. I really, really like that. Yeah, same. Um, but it's you know, it, it wasn't that like I was hoping Cena would win, but it was I was kinda of 50-50 where it's like, Okay, I can see it going either way. Right. Well, and then, you know, of course, which I didn't see coming and I'd been actually waiting for, we got White Onion Head. Brock Lesnar <laughs> <laughs> comes out looking like Dean Ambrose from 2000, 2014 or whatever. Did, I think you tweeted that out before everybody else did. I don't I know. You, I might have. You you were one of the early, because you're like, God damn, Dean Ambrose did looking good. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. And the, the, what makes it even more fun is this is why I've wanted this to happen for so long because Paul Heyman. It's. Like this, and it's weird because it's it's all gonna kind of come down to he's gonna be the light on this story, in my opinion, because what's he gonna do? But the fun part is from what I've read, and again, these are all rumors, so don't quote me and then fucking at me and or do it actually, I don't give a shit. But uh this is the beginning of a Brock Lesnar face turn. Which after I won it. Yeah, I mean, after he took Cena to Suplex City, once SummerSlam ended, yeah, he was walking around in jaw and high-fiving and stuff. And, and I love it. Back, yeah, even uh, WrestleMania, well, not, before COVID. Yeah. Pre-COVID Brock. Uh, yeah. Even face Brock in, what, 2000-whatever, 2000 2008. Thing is, like, he's such a good heel because when he's got Paul with him, he doesn't have to say anything. So mm-hmm. he's got, he's more, um, he, you know, he's just... He's a bigger, more powerful presence. fucking brick shit. Down, he, 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 he just, just so is. a corn-fed motherfucker. But I liked, also was a huge fan of Brock, and I don't know that this was a fate, or, you know, him as a face, but in the early days when he was talking, and he wasn't very good at it, you know, but I like his personality. Like, when he brings it out for wrestling, it's a lot of fun. Like, remember when he had money in the bank and he was coming out mm, bobbing his head yeah, like it was a little box and great. dancing? Like, key motherfucker. He's so cool. Like I don't care what anybody says. Shit all over me if you want to. Brock Lesnar is awesome. He, I, if used correctly. He, yeah, because he's well, not Goldberg. Like the the whole Drew Mack, Brock storyline was that great. was awesome. And people shit all over that that Royal Rumble. And honestly, it's one of my favorite Royal Rumbles in many years. I, I started to shit on it, but it's one of those things where. Um, it yeah. worked, it, it yeah. paid off. I, uh, I I saw the shinola in the shit. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, it, you know, look at looking back now. I was pissed off when it was happening. I was like, God, damn, you fucking care about it. And yelling at my TV, um, yeah, you know, a dude in his 40s <laughs> screaming and guys <laughs> in their sweaty guys in their underwear trying to throw each other out of a ring, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it was oh, yeah. it was handled very well by the end of it. The, yeah, yeah, and that whole storyline and you know it led all the way through WrestleMania and everything. The COVID thing, mm-hmm. like Drew, that did nothing but wonders for Drew. That was all for Drew. Mm-hmm. It made Brock Lesnar look like a beast. In, no pun intended, at Royal Rumble, but it was all made to look make Drew and, look yeah, like and, a monster. And uh, he needed it. Fucking Brock didn't need it. No, it. exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, <laughs> having him come back as a face is gonna. be... <laughs> It, it's going to be fun, especially if he can yeah, just fucking open up and let loose a little bit. I think know? he just needs to play around. He knows he's a bad motherfucker. He don't have Paul Heyman talking for him anymore, so now he can just be like, meh, yeah, yeah. I can just kind of play and then fuck everybody up <laughs> as, as I want. Like, it's it's a cool new packaging of Brock if they decide to go that route. Um, there's probably a few other positives in there. Negative, the, the biggest one, I... I I actually think we should take this time to introduce another little segment. Okay. Um, there's a couple names I'm throwing around for this one as well. It's this is uh, to rope in. This is my way of of squeezing the juice from Band from Ringside podcast. It's a podcast I used to be on for a little while in St. Louis, and uh, I still I still squeeze that juice out of them so I can get as many of their listeners as possible and and uh, for as little uh, effort. Well, it, you know. It we can make it symbiotic, and like any listener that we have, should go follow Band from Ringside. So we'll at get, BFR Pod on Twitter yeah, at so BFRJCB. So we we'll get three thousand people from them; they'll get seven from <laughs> us. You know, they will be lucky, and might get Cody. Uh, oh shit! No, Cody, don't leave us, man. So that being said, uh, at BFR Pod on Twitter at BFRJCB at BFR Zach with an H at BFR Bill. That's your guys. But speaking of at BFRJCB. If you've ever listened to Band from Ringside podcast, you know that Jason is notorious for his meltdowns every week. Um, And so I think I'm going to call it He's Heating Up or something along those lines. I use that sound bit in Band from Ringside when he starts going nuts. So for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to let JCB jump in and uh, give us his opinion on uh, probably the biggest negative takeaway from SummerSlam this year. Can we call it the biggest fuck you? Yeah, we might even (laughs) say it. We'll see. So uh, I'll give you 30 seconds, and then uh, we'll come right back with you.
1: He's heating up. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. I just wanted to talk about this shitty booking decision between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. I get it. Becky's coming back. She's coming back a couple months early. Maybe this is a counter move to CM Punk. Maybe it isn't. I'll let you tell it. Here's my problem with it. It's not the fact that Becky Lynch comes back. It's the fact that Becky Lynch beats, dare I say, squashes Bianca Belair when you have fucking Carmelo sitting over there in the corner that's been eating pin after pin after pin like a fat kid like Fucking cake and you decide not to use Carmella then and then pin one of the biggest arguably baby faces you've had they built up this year's Royal Rumble when she beat Rhea Ripley the Royal Rumble before that she set the most eliminations by a woman but no let's have Bianca Belair be the fucking fall woman here so you can get Becky Lynch back. This is why people hate WWE because you have set us up for this ride with Belair just to bring back Becky Lynch so she could be a fucking heel people it doesn't have to be heel versus face all the time you can make a good face versus face storyline for the fucking title it's just that simple because that's why becky came back that's why bianca Belair is here that's why she ran down sasha is for the title don't make it so stupid wwe just make it fucking simple more importantly just make it fucking sense it's your boy jcb i'm out
0: well, that was something. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a reoccurring thing. I don't know if it'll be like a, a fresh modern one every every week, but I may also kind of go with the theme of sideways in time and go back and like rip some of the older episodes rants into this segment as we as well every week. So NXT Takeover 36, quite possibly the last of this era <laughs> yeah. of NXT. I didn't watch it. I I know what some of the matches I were. Loved it. So. Give us some quick points on your favorite okay. parts, and then we'll we'll move on from there. Uh, one of the best mid-cart storylines ever, uh, which Bill from BFR uh, said this to, uh, But the the uh, Cameron Grimes LA Knight storyline for the million dollar title. It's the best. Uh, the whole storyline. If you could most entertaining thing on NXT television. Oh, it, I wish I wish that they would do chunks like right it, it, they, they have a little thing on the network called Rivals. But I oh, wish yeah. they would do like a whole rivalry thing to where you got all the segments, all the promos, and all the matches all in one, and you can just watch it straight through. I would I would watch that all the time. I would rewatch the Jake Roberts Rick Rude one all the time. And, but yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, they this this rivalry was just it, the whole thing was spectacularly done, and you know and. I can see it ending now and everything's fine. Bringing DiBiase back, dude, was just having a blast. Did they, did they do something where they, they uh, DiBiase gave him a WWE replica of the title instead of the... I, okay, uh, I, I will be 100% honest. I missed a little bit of the match okay. because I paused it. Um, I heard something about it and I was like, that's kind of hilarious. Oh, that's, that, that's pretty <laughs> funny if you did. Um, I didn't watch NXT uh, last night. Oh, was, okay, that's uh, probably where it came from. Um. But yeah, so so I, I watched a, a chunks of that match, but I missed part of it. Um, and then the way the rewind feature—it only goes back so far. Oh, so, okay. You know, I got you. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. A peacock sucks. Yeah. Um, <coughs> uh, Cole O'Reilly. I, I'm going to do this from the matches that. you know, I'm building. I'm building up to my favorite match okay. tonight. Cole O'Reilly, brilliant. I love the ending. He. Yo, O'Reilly handcuffed to the ropes and he slaps the heel hook on. You know, at A, Cole's gone. We all know Cole leaving. Um, It's been all but... 98% Yeah. Accurate. Um, And uh, so, having him fall to O'Reilly... You know, it only makes sense. But then having him fall to the heel hook also legitimizes that move because you've seen that we've seen that move how many times? And, and it doesn't he, seem like a finisher until yeah. now. Now it does because longest reigning NXT champion tapped out, and he tapped out quickly. And not only that, but Adam Cole, yeah, like all those things combined. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're talking about Adam Cole, yeah. the guy who is NXT. Yeah, and who, in my opinion, modern day Shawn Michaels, okay. and of course, I I would say you know one and a half times better than Michaels. Michaels. Greatest of all time he's an evolution of, of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah, he's for sure. Yeah, yeah he's the next Pokemon. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> he's um, but uh you know, so having kinda like Brock Lesnar was to Dean Ambrose. <laughs> you know, but they skipped that middle they skipped that middle evolution and went straight to the big one. It's like the gold glittery card. Anyways. <laughs> Oh, Moving so heel <laughs> hook is legitimized now, which is cool because Kyle. I love Kyle Ray. Ugly as sin. Poor guy does You know, just one ugly dude, but God personality damn. needs some work too. But as far as being a wrestler, he's one of the greatest. Yeah, no, it's no stopping that. Um, Dakota Raquel, eh, okay, but then having Kaylee Ray show up, yeah, makes me worried that UK. WW or NXT UK is, is gone, which sucks because I love NXT UK. It's, it's so different. It's harder. I mean, it's strong. It's UK strong style. And and you get a whole different type of personality over there and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so having Kaylee Ray show up, that was cool. But it also, you know, makes me worried that NXT UK is, is going the way of the dodo. Um, you're going the way of the AWA. And Big strong boy. I know. Noam Dar. Noam dark. probably the greatest heel. Yeah. The greatest unsung heel, Eddie Dennis. Fucking Gallus. I love Gallus. I have the theme song on on one of my playlists. And then also Walter. That's what I was getting to. I figured. Match of the fucking year. I don't care what anybody says. You're not the only one saying it. Oh. My God, I absolutely love Dragon. I've loved him since the moment I saw him. I was like, "Holy shit, look at this little fucking Russian spaz!" Yeah, fucking love him. And he's ripped. Yeah, that dude he's massive. And dude, I mean, from when I started watching NXT UK two years ago, yeah, no, I'm a son of a British. Two years, two years you know, again. Uh, when I started watching that to watching it, you know, just seeing him develop and grow and just, oh my God, I mean, you know. He is. He's mm-hmm. just fucking, and you know, the way he won that, you know, again, mm-hmm. that fucking chokehold and that immediate tap by Walter, you know. Which, just, that's that's the part that, that's what did it. Mm-hmm. Like, Walter didn't sell it like he was, oh, I'm gonna tap him. Yeah. Like, no, he fucking tapped. Yeah, he was like, just like, nope, that's it, No, this fucking awesome. hurts. This hurts. Perfect. Uh, you know, and fucking brilliant. See, but I've heard that Walter doesn't want to come to America. I don't blame him, honestly, because, especially like, yet, I, I, I'm Patriot Pat and I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even an American thing. I think just in general first of all that's, his family's all there. It's yeah. a lot of travel a lot of expenses that mm-hmm. he pays you know for that travel and so he spends a little time in NXT in America then what? Because apparently Vince isn't even all that high on him. Really? Say, I heard he was. So. I've heard both sides as well but that's that's but, the, uh, the toss. you know Vince's Kindness on people changes with the wind. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of Lord Humongous, uh, I'm only going to mention this for a second because I I, I went on a rampage, no pun intended, in, in AEW. But, uh, okay, just for nothing else. Meme Lord of the Week. <laughs> for nothing else, just follow Lucha Chris. Um, at Lucha Chris TV. At Lucha Chris TV. Follow him on Twitter just to see his little bit on... Oh man. How they treated Carrion Cross. I laughed my ass off and I felt guilty laughing because they Yeah. They shock mastered the fuck out of Karrion Cross. Except Kross. for Karrion Cross didn't trip over anything, but <laughs> dude, like okay. They whatever. straight up red roostered him. You know the funny thing is though, if if say Lucha Underground was still a thing and they did that to Karrion Cross and Lucha Underground, I wouldn't be shitting on it. Because Lucha Underground is known for being over the top and yeah. having that and so was WWE. What the fuck did they do to Karrion Cross, dude? What did he do? And it's not what even the mask. Do? I'd even be okay with the mask. It's funny because he, he doesn't like wearing masks and all of a sudden he has to wear one. Uh, but besides that, it's not even the mask that bothers me. It's that fucking red <laughs> bikini top. Like, he looks like Borat. Anyway... So, I forget the name of the movie but you did the screenshot of Sean Connery. I forget what the name of the like, movie even Zor-God is like or something like, Zard like, is if anybody me. Yeah, I said something like along the lines if anybody wants to say that WWE creative doesn't go do deep dives for their story <laughs> or their character development they're full of shit okay, but uh anyways I had to throw that in because it just it worked too well not to uh, so uh, anything else about NXT you want to talk about um, other than that that match just ruled oh it's, uh, it's a Joe winning the title I did like you know and I figured Cross has gone main roster um, but uh, I'm pissed because uh, yeah this like I said this is the end of NXT as we know it um, thing is I am kind of optimistic because if they're saying other than this, they're getting rid of all the small guys which is what built NXT um, yeah, that's. but if they're making a developmental it makes sense and it makes sense for the small talent as well because if guys like Gargano and Champa don't have any plans on going to the main rosters, then what is the future for small guys in NXT? There isn't one. So I'm not saying I agree with that way, but it makes sense in that, in that way. Also, Ooh, NXT was better on the network. Yeah. It trailed a little bit as it was on USA and then now it's, it's got moments, but I remember NXT being the first ever, this NXT is the best NXT of all time every week, right? So when it was on the network, that was our thing. Every time we were like, man, I don't know how this week's NXT could be better than last week's NXT, but it is. And that's what people say about Dynamite every week. So in that era, things were just better, um, so maybe going back to that their roots in that sense, maybe that will help a little bit as long as they don't turn it into a fucking reality show. Um, so, so anyway, moving on from, uh, from this epic week in wrestling, good or bad, um, I also wanted to chime in on – and I'm going to talk about these guys a lot. I'm going to talk about a lot of uh, – we may actually throw in some segments here on the show. I'm going to definitely dedicate specific things to our YouTube channel, which is up but has nothing on it yet. Uh, but I want to highlight the indie circuit of uh, pro wrestling. Oh, uh, hold on. Yeah, um, go ahead. They, it was, uh, he played Zed in the uh-huh. movie Zardoz, Z-A-R-D-O-Z, <laughs> came out in 1974. That movie was probably just as good as Karrion Cross's debut to Raw. Yeah, that's when we got the, uh, uh, that's that's where we got the beautiful Karrion Cross outfit. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you're, fine, to, you're fine, you're back to, fine. Back to the indies. Yeah, so... I've over the years, I was a fan many years ago when I was a teenager, even when the Indies blew all kinds of nuts. (laughs) Um, I was even trained in that era, if you want to call it that, and it left a really sour taste in my mouth. But over the years, obviously, wrestling has evolved and changed for the better, um, where the Indies have really kind of helped build what we know as pro wrestling in and outside of the WWE. I mean, they swooped up all kinds of independent promotions for their network. All, a lot of their wrestlers like really if you look guys like Samoa Joe, you know, uh Seth Rollins, like a lot of those guys all came from the indies. Mm-hmm. And, and that pretty was much all of NXT. Exactly. And and then, you know, obviously AEW is the big money TV version of the indies. Um that's my opinion. The way I see it, but over the years, especially in Missouri, and I know it's outside of Missouri as well, the indie promotions have blown up. Um they have unbelievable talent and a lot of them are coming back now all of a sudden because WWE decided they didn't want to pay them anymore. Um and so uh yeah so like I said I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate some time every week, if not all like a lot on the YouTube channel to showcasing uh some of our favorite indie promotions, mm-hmm. one of which obviously we're based in KC here at Sideways in Time. Um and so what do we got? <laughs> Oh, we got, got Journey Pro Wrestling, baby. We got one of the best indie promotions around. One of the newer pro promotions around. They've only been around a few years. Um, it was kind of a what birthed from um, the NWL days, if anybody was familiar with NWL, St. Louis and Kansas City. Once that folded, Journey Pro kind of popped up. They're very closely affiliated to St. Louis Anarchy, which is another fantastic promotion. Um, so anyways, this Saturday... I'm gonna be going alone. Yeah, yeah. Cause uh, some dumbass went to Vegas and forgot to request the day off. See, the thing is, <laughs> Patrick's really, really good at uh, not requesting off on time for anything. Yeah, this is what the third yep journey Show, Which yep. um, while well, I got you on air, I know Uh-oh. you're trying to sell the tickets. <laughs> he's got, he's got okay. money in hand. Okay, okay. Uh-oh. He's trying to sell the tickets. It's my favorite time. So the tickets were twenty five dollars. He bought one for me and my wife. And I told him to sell them, but if he can't sell them, I will pay him back. Because for some reason, he thought, he was like, dude, I can't be out that money. He sent me that text, and I was like, "God damn it, Chris, I'm going to fucking pay you back. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I was <laughs> just trying to figure out what to do if the tickets didn't sold, so, and they might have sold, actually. Okay, by the well, time if they sell, then use that towards uh, September's, and then I won't request that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking asshole. So anyways, this Saturday... Uh, at Lemonade Park in Kansas City, Missouri, we have Journey Pro Wrestling weekend at Journeys. Um, yeah, it's awesome. They they theme all of their shows to either some awesome. I mean, their name is Journey Pro. Yeah, and their logo looks like <laughs> yeah, it's the Journey the Journey logo. Ones. Yeah, right. So, uh, but they every every show they theme to either like the Christmas one last year or the year before was uh it was literally called Journey Pro. Um, Die Hard is a Christmas movie <laughs> like it, it, it's awesome so yeah, anyway <laughs> the, the, my first one was uh, Journey Pro Space Age Love Song yeah which was a two oh, electric boogaloo electric boogaloo that's right that's right yeah it's a very <clears throat> very classy event so yeah so like I said this one's gonna be at Lemonade Park uh, this Saturday if you're in town it's sold out uh, before they even had the whole card announced just like the last show yeah they don't even have to they could literally not al- announce any of the the card, and they would probably still sell out. Um, so I'm just going to go over a couple of the matches. Excuse me, because sorry. you should be. I'm just burping in the the <laughs> diffuser. Like I was going to say, I'm over here drinking, chugging down the smoothie King. I, ain't. I I'm sucking down a quick trip uh, Coke Zero with cherry. Oh, you you're getting that body in, in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird. Anyway, <laughs> in shape. So uh, we've got Stallion Rogers, uh, formerly Kurt Stallion. Yeah. Um, if you knew him from NXT and, and 205 Live, otherwise, we knew him from St. Louis and, and Kansas City long before that. Uh, fantastic guy, or wrestler and guy. Uh, versus Jeremy Wyatt, he's the Gateway Heritage Champion. Um, that is going to be awesome. I don't know if it's under pure wrestling rules yet or not, but I would assume it is because it's Jeremy Wyatt. and That's what he always does. Um, we've got Moonshine Mantell versus Dark Order's Alan, Five Angels. Yeah, that's, that's Dark Order from AEW, that Dark Order. That Dark Order. Um, and Moonshine Mantel, who's been on uh, AEW before. He's he's made appearances all over the place. The dude is a giant, giant, giant man. Is he the guy I was scared of at the last time? Yes. Show? Yeah, he yes. looked at me and I yeah. peed. Yeah, I I peed before he looked at me. <laughs> um, originally, we were going to have the besties in the world versus Matt and Mike Seidel. Unfortunately, uh, Matt Seidel was not able to make it to this show, but he did tweet and say he owes us one. Um, so instead, uh, Mike Seidel is going to be joining his uh, original tag team partner in the enlightenment enlightenment, which is actually gonna be super dope. Oh besties and uh, are phenomenal and the Enlightenment and you know if you've seen AEW Yoga baby. If you've seen AEW, you've seen Mike Seidel. Yeah, dude is phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Bo- both of the Seidel's are yeah. fantastic, and uh, the Enlightenment is great. Um, and then we are going to have uh, Everett Connors versus Serge D, uh, another banger. Oh, he was, uh, Everett Connors, he was the one uh, that they, they wore the jumpsuit at yeah. the okay, Yeah. okay, yeah. dude is, he's good, he's good. He really is, and he's another one that's been around for a long time, took a pretty extensive break there for a little bit, but has come back super strong. Um, that's going to be a dope match. And then I'm not going to go over the entire uh, ticket-to-ride match rules, but it's a gauntlet match. Basically, uh, it's a gauntlet match, and whoever ha- uh, has the most wins or the most time... Tickets. Uh, yeah, the most tickets uh, wins the title shot. Yeah, for either the uh, tag titles or for the, the gateway, gateway Heritage Which line. the Gateway Heritage is the title for... Uh, uh, St. Louis Anarchy Saint and Journey a, yeah, Pro it, it, it jumps back and forth it's a, it's a co-title yeah um, yeah so um, the entrance the the opponents I'm not sure if this is the full lineup just yet but we've got Gary J awesome Gary 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 fucking J exactly uh, the one Manders of um, course fucking a, epic Gary motherfucker I always forget how to pronounce the last name but Heidi Howitzer um, yeah, probably Howitzer. she's a bad motherfucker she looks scary. I don't know her, but, yeah, her picture, I, I, I peed a little when I saw her. Uh, I, yeah, I did something. She's awesome. Um, and this is her Journey Pro debut. Um, we've also got Kenny Alfonso, another fantastic oh, yeah. uh, regular in the Missouri. Yeah, that dude's got kind of a body like a Greek guy. <laughs> uh, one of my personal favorites, Christian Rose. We've got, um, let's see. And some other ones. Uh, my phone's jacking up. But, uh, oh, the Iceman, Frontman Jossie. We got Dallas Cade, who wasn't able to wrestle at the last show for whatever reason. Yeah. He h- co-hosted. Uh, which was awesome. Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Dean Alexander, Ellen and there's a few more as well. But my phone's uh, being funky. So, yeah, anyways, join me, not Patrick, this Saturday at Journey Pro Journey or Weekend at Journey's. Um, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you can join me at work Saturday. Hang out with me. Yeah, come buy a hot dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's going to be fun. And like I said, uh, get used to us talking about indies because oh. I'm actually, I, I finally resubscribed to my um, IWTV. Uh, and I shared my password with Patrick. I don't oh, know if great. I'm supposed to yeah, say that. Yeah, great. Well, now we're breaking FCC <laughs> laws and broadcasting. FCC. But yeah, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna be paying some as if not as much attention to the Indies um, as we do well, WWE and whatnot. But uh, one thing we had talked about doing too is uh, just doing an indie review. So right. you know, we'll pick an indie show. Watch it and we'll give our thoughts on it. And you know, it can be any indie show, that you have, as long as it's on IWTV or a uh, um, Powerhouse, I think is the other one. I don't, I don't subscribe to that one, but if enough people want me to find stuff that's on there that's not on IWTV, I'll get that too. Yeah, and uh, I don't pay for Netflix or anything, so I'm all <laughs> right. With that. So, or it, Peacock because fuck them. So, yeah, and yeah, I bought a year subscription, and then they released everybody. <laughs> yeah luckily the Rockford Files is on Peacock so I'm good you know I'll get my money's worth of oh and speaking of rock uh, Little Rock or whatever his show is called which is actually fucking awesome by oh way. yeah Young, run and Young and run, baby Rock Young Rock whatever everybody hates rock levels. Um, but yeah, so it's you know, if there if there are indie shows, if you're an indie wrestler, you want us to fucking spotlight your, you know, the show you're on. We'll watch it, and we we'll, you know, we'll, then we'll give a review then you know next week or two or something like that. So I'm gonna tell you how bad you suck, and then not show up to the shows because I don't want you to. Actually, I'll just show up without my mask on. and They won't know. Oh yeah, I'll show up without my beard. Fuck! Don't do that. <laughs> Nobody needs that. No, because if I showed up without my beard, I would be showing up to the next show without my wedding ring because my wife would leave me. Yeah, uh, oh uh, well, yeah, that's another thing. We'll, we'll we'll also be having a segment with my wife every now and then. You know, she'll be she'll be doing pre recorded stuff for you. So, um, <laughs> it's gonna be a variety show of just oh you know, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get everybody. Bullshit. You know, yeah, fucking Lucha's dad is gonna be on. We're he gonna, might. He hates wrestling. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't hate it. He just thinks it's. Super dumb. Um, <laughs> all right, so yeah, so that will wrap up this portion of it. I will wash my hands of that part of the segment. You need like an outro song. Like, yeah, yeah. Indie we'll. <laughs> da, da, da. I'm gonna use that exact moment. <laughs> uh, so this is the uh, the this is the the moment in time. Um, this is the sideways in time main event. Uh, ding ding. I'll put one of those in there. In this corner. So uh, this is the, like I said, uh, maybe what if, maybe whatever we call it. But like I said before, at the beginning of the pod, this is going to be what if Sting joined as third man instead of Hulk Hogan in the NWO. Uh, if you're listening and you don't know much of the history of the NWO or wrestling in general, which if you aren't, I don't know why you'd still be listening at this point. <laughs> um, but, uh, on May 19th, 1996, Nash and Hall wrestled the final match in the WWF at the time. Everybody knows this as the infamous curtain call. We're not going to go into all those details, but less than a week later, on May 27th, 1996, Hall appears on Nitro. They go through this whole bit where he's poking, you know, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Got a cease and desist on that. I should have brought a fucking sweatshirt. It is cold in it's here. It's kind of chilly, and I'm <laughs> drinking a smoothie. Um, and then he goes on throughout the weeks poking it. There's another guy that's coming. Sure enough, as everyone knows, it's Kevin Nash, which I I will interject, uh, real quick. Uh, watching all this stuff back, there's a lot of fucking denim going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a denim heaven. (laughs) I mean, they, they must've been shopping at hardcore Holly's. Holy shit. Yeah. Denim, denim Holly. (laughs) So yeah, there's a lot of denim going on in 1996. Um, So, yeah, Kevin Nash shows up shortly after. Um, The story implies that they don't work for WCW. They're not necessarily implying that they work for WWF still, but maybe that they're just free agents from the WWF. Uh, Fast forward a little bit, Bash on the Beach, or Bash at the Beach, July seventh, nineteen 1996, Bischoff promises a six-man tag match. He called the hostile takeover uh, for the main event. That involved involved Lex Luger, Randy Savage, and Sting Versus Hall, Nash, and whoever the third man is supposed to be They go through with the match without the third man Uh, Everybody's beaten up Actually, Lex, I think, if I'm not mistaken Had a kayfabe, or not kayfabe Had a real injury Um, That kind of led to his disappearance for a little while Um, Nash and Hall have Macho Man Down beating on him and whatnot there's a little bit of dead air you know it's kind of dragging on a little bit so you know something's gonna happen and then what do you know it hulk hogan in red and red red and yellow i'm storming a real american down. storming down just, the ring point his finger i think he might have had a black eye i don't know if that was the same time period or not but it was just yeah anyways i always remember, remember having it. a black eye because i like him the thought of him getting punched in the face so anyways he comes out <laughs> at this point Although he is still the Hulk Hogan everybody remembers being, you know, the ultimate baby face, he was kind of sort of getting like the Cena treatment where he was getting progressively more booed at certain shows. People were I think were starting to sour on the whole take, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins thing. Oh, uh, the Hogan black eye was at WrestleMania nine. Okay. So somebody would have so, oh, that was way before, um, he comes running down to the ring. Everybody, I would assume, sitting in the crowd is thinking, oh man. Hogan's he didn't run. run. No, he Hogan couldn't, couldn't run at that no, point. One hipped his he, way he down to the blocked. ring. He he shook his head and shook his finger and pointed. Yeah, so uh, 24-inch pipelines brought runner. Yeah, so he gets down to the ring. I think it's supposed to be assumed that he's gonna come to the aid of Macho Man, his on and off again rival and partner. Instead, he pushes The referee out of the way, drops the leg on Macho, thus being the third man and the apparent mind behind the creation of the NWO. And Mm. chaos ensued. And we all know history from there.
1: So filled
0: with garbage. Right. So, oh man, they were getting pelted. And Bischoff quoted saying that somebody, uh, I think... uh, Conrad asked him what the worst thing that was thrown at him in the ring. And he said (laughs) chewing tobacco. People's dip cups. Yeah. Or dip spit cups. So what we're going to do here is (laughs) awful. So Pat and I are going to jump in the time machine. We're going to go back to July 7th, 1996, Bash at the Beach. Another part of the little history that I forgot to throw in there was that, again, 83 weeks – With Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson, they had discussed what was going on. And there's a lot of rumors going around. Bischoff squashed them all. The only person that was ever thought to be the third man other than Hogan was Sting. What? Not Shawn Michaels? Right? That was a question. Not Mabel? Oh, my God. (laughs) We don't have time for that. Uh, So the reason being because Bischoff wanted Hogan. That was the only name he wanted to pull this off. And with good reason, it all made you know. Once it actually happened, it made perfect sense. That being said, there were elements that may have kept Hogan from joining and being flipping heel and doing the third man thing. Very valid points. You know, his wife was worried that it would kind of tarnish his his legacy with children and the whole face thing and his merchandise, their bread and butter. Um, which is valid. That is a valid point. It is valid, but at that time, like you said, he was getting stale. It was just, you know. Well, and Hogan had invited Bischoff to his place to even go over this idea with him um, where he was basically shown the door. Doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah, like, thanks for coming out. It's a great idea, but no thanks. I'll see you another time. Fast forward a little bit. They're having a conversation on the phone again. and works for me, brother. Hogan's, who's, so who's the third man, brother? <laughs> And Bischoff's, well, I mean, I hope it's you. And he goes, it's me, brother. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But they had Sting as a backup because if Hogan had said no, they still had to pull somebody to do this. And Sting, although there were some other choices that might have worked, Sting makes sense except for that he was never a WWF guy, which kind of – He was never an outsider, which – yeah. But he was a massive face Mm -hmm. and – he was the face of WCW. Mm-hmm. So that idea would have worked. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump in the time machine. We're going to go back to 1997 at Can Bash at the Beach. You it up? 1996. No, but I, I threw a bunch of cans and okay. banana peels okay. and stuff on there. Um, and we're going to go back to 1996, Bash at the Beach, and we're going to discuss what if Sting would have become the third man instead of Hogan. Can I drive this time? Do it. Okay. Oh, no, you're driving the a time machine. machine. I the thought you meant machine. drive this segment. No, no, you, you drive this <laughs> segment. I'll just interject with my quick wit. And All right. My, you know, charm. That's what you're here for, babe. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with, let's just start with Bash at the Beach. Okay. Right. So, and we're just kind of spitballing this. There's not a lot of homework that's been done necessarily to go into what we think would happen, but we got to understand it may not seem that big of a deal, but just like Back to the Future the history of pro wrestling would have drastically changed had Hogan never turned not never turned heel or went to because you never know Hogan may have joined later down the road because maybe Sting didn't work out whatever there's so many scenarios but the history of pro wrestling would have changed forever the space time continuum would have changed forever in an alternate universe right so Nash and Hall are beating up Randy Savage in the ring. All, next thing we know, now, at this time, was he s- crow sting or was he still beach sting? Mm. I think no, he, was, he still was still beach, beach sting. sting. He, had, he was growing his hair out. Yeah. He oh, was, yeah, he had, had, like, the Hogan bob. He that, yeah, that, I mean, not Hogan, uh, flare bob. Yeah. Um, Which works was, even better, he was, done, he was done bleaching his hair. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so, so he was still, you know, kind of that not... Pure surfer sting, but you know he was more surfer than he was transitioning you know, into something. Whether they knew it was going to be the crow and, uh, sting or yeah, not, yeah, because because uh, Hall came up with the crow right uh, thing. So yeah, um, and yeah, Hall and Nash just yeah. got there. So yeah, the, he wouldn't have been the crow. Anymore. Okay, so, so yeah. yeah, okay, so. so perfect though because that's the ultimate face sting. You know, when he was crow sting, he was still a face, but he was kind of the anti-hero. Yeah, he was he was Punisher. So let's say beach sting, <laughs> bash at the beach. He comes walking out. Everybody thinks he's going to save the day. Now, granted, he was in this match, so that would have had to change, or he wouldn't have had to walk out. He could have popped up at the end of the match to to save Macho, or but, he could have been fighting and or not tagged in the match at all. And right, then come in and you know. exactly. Um, any one of those scenarios could have worked. Put ma- just out of nowhere, puts Macho in the in the uh, Scorpion Deathlock just laying it on them, Hall and Nash get in, they're like, oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. on, gets up, they all do the two sweet, and then Sting, like, I, okay, so you might have better insight on this, because I was not a WCW guy growing up as a kid, I didn't watch, okay, um, I kind of knew what was going on, but mm. I did not watch WCW, as a WCW fan, did you, and you watched yeah. WCW at the time. What would the impact have been in the crowd that night if Sting would have turned and helped out Hall and Ash? Sting, it, I I think it would it would have been big. Don't get me wrong, because Sting was babyface throughout the whole time. Um, yeah, so yeah, it would have been a big deal. But I don't think it would be as big a deal as Hogan. Um, and Hogan was on another level. Yeah. He was a superstar outside in and in wrestling. not taking anything away from Sting, but I mean, you know, when you're talking about wrestling, you can't not talk about how big Hogan was. Of course. You know. But let's stay let's stay with remember, we're, Hogan, Hogan yeah, so, turn, so so we Hogan Hogan didn't turn. So we got to completely wipe up. that out. Hogan's hanging out in backstage um, or he was in Hollywood or Hollywood. it's Hogan And Savage and Luger. Yeah, right. You could have done that, of course. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. So Okay, so Hogan's in the six-man tag. Uh, Well, the five-man tag at this point. And then, you know, chaos ensues and somebody's lying on the ground. I think uh, uh, if Hogan was the one that was beat down and Sting came in, did the leg drop on him, I think it would have had more impact. This is going to be a harder segment than I thought because, this one specifically, because Hogan's involved, Hogan doesn't lay down. He doesn't get beat up. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So if those... If, if he would have agreed to do that, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Which maybe he would have because of the severity and, of this you know, angle. I mean, everybody begs on Hogan for not doing jobs and stuff. But he did do jobs. He was right? smart on the business. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he didn't really do a lot of jobs in WWE. But at this point in his career, you know, yeah, he had laid down for people. I mean, you, you look in the... The normal timeline, shit. He did jobs for Billy Kidman. I mean, touche. So, um, so would would things have been thrown in the ring? You think? Try. I think they still would have. Yeah, I think they would have. I think it would have been a big shock. I think people would have been pissed and stuff. But then, yeah, I mean, because that, in my opinion, that would have set up. So again, everything would have changed, which means you have Hall Nash. And Sting, as the NWO, maybe that's when Sting finally brings out the black and red, or the black and white face paint, whether it be the Crow, but still like, you know, mm-hmm. the the old design, but black and white. Like, it's a cool yeah. image. Yeah. Versus, in the beginning, it would have to be Hogan, Scott Hall, or uh, uh, Macho Man and Lex assuming he wasn't still hurt or Flair or Flair or well, and that's the thing. other thing Bischoff said that Flair was left out for the future because mm. they needed somebody for them to yeah it's WCW to, to, yeah, yeah exactly so that would have ha- see this is this is where I have a problem though because mm. we have to look ahead and again Hogan may have laid down on that segment but that means that Hogan would have had to have won this feud. He would have got, he would have got his comeuppance. So how long would this NWO thing had run? It wouldn't have because the whole point behind NWO was to have this faction that builds that takes over WCW and NWO becomes WCW. Yeah, it a complete becomes, overhaul. It becomes Nitro, and then WCW is is its own show, mm-hmm. right? So, Wish. man. Man, a brand split. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So let's fast forward. Okay. So NWO lasted until, off and on until what, 99? 2000 ish? The the good stuff was up to what, 98? About. Because this was 96. 98 was probably where it all started kind of. Yeah. Once once they did the Wolfpack split, that's that's where it kind of. So let's fast forward to 99. Okay. Okay. Is Sting. Are Sting, Nash, and Hall at least still the forefront of what NWO would be even if they added more members? I don't, I don't think NWO exists in 99. And see, that's the problem. because Again, especially if we're adding Hogan into this mix, and it only and I'm not knocking Hogan on this one. I'm saying it makes perfect sense creatively if you go against Hogan as the ultimate face, but where I kind of poked at it a little earlier, say a year and a half, two years in, of feuding with Hogan and, and his guys, whoever it may be, a new turn happens and Hogan joins NWO. Cause there's always the, idea this could go a million ways. So what if they get Sting out of there, Sting starts to break, right? He's starting to realize that, I don't know, man, like this was all done for the right reasons in the beginning and i felt like this was necessary but remorse. i'm wcw like maybe flares in his ear you know he's got like some of the old heads, yeah. and, the and fans I mean, it, and it would be it would be a good storyline for him because it would give him the heel turn which you know uh you know and then you get the redemption arc exactly. and then he comes back and then one day he turns on right. you know Holland nash and stuff you know or there. he doesn't have to turn he's forced the, the turn not forced like he is forced but it's a forced turn because it's a double turn. It's WCW's most epic double turn. Like the the, the Brett Austin one. Mean, yeah. Where it's Sting, heel Sting, NWO, versus where he's still kind of on teetering on where he belongs in the mix. This is a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Versus Hogan, the ultimate savior of WCW, and the double turn happens there. So Hogan finally does turn heel and joins as the new leader of the NWO, and they throw Sting to the side. Right, So then you've got that new, it's the same feud, but whole new dynamic. I, I think at that point it's too little too late. Um, and again, I don't think we're talking about NWO. I don't think that I have, you know, 25 years later in this reality, I don't have my NWO mask that right. I got from WWE.com when I was still a shill for the products. <laughs> I agree, though. What I say in my Rhea Ripley T-shirt. That would be right. That would be a cool thing to see happen. But let's go with that didn't happen. Okay, let's say Sting, or NWO kind of implodes, unfortunately. And I say, unfortunately, not being a WC fan. I say, I say it dies out. I, you know, I mean, you know, or uh, somebody backstage just. Bischoff you know Bishop gets bored with it. It's a, you know it's not generating. It didn't work the way he had planned. Yeah, if it, it had been, it's not because gener- this was all Bishop's idea. So okay, yeah. so Sting is in there. It's yeah. not generating the business, the buzz that he wants. You know, uh, and Bischoff's a smart business dude. I don't think he's he's going to beat a dead horse. You know, I don't think he's going to shove um, somebody you know or a faction down your throat for so long. They well, and 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 going with that, they kind of did in the regular timeline. They kind of did beat that horse to death. Even though there were some exciting moments throughout those years yeah. with NWO, it just went on and on. There was no end in sight. But also knowing that they wanted to build up NWO to be its own show, and then they would have the things. So But that yeah, never happened. Yeah. But, I mean, looking back now, and it's like, okay, well, they wanted all these people on it to be in NWO because they were going to make their own show. Right. You know, whereas when we were watching it in, you know, 98, 99, going, who the fuck is yeah. not an NWO? I mean, right. You know, it's like the only people not in NWO are Mike Tanay and Terry Taylor. Flair. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, and Flair, you know. Um, yeah. And so, okay, so NWO gets its storyline ending, which it never actually got, which could be considered a yeah. good thing. Yeah, because it's still open, yeah, I mean, NWO never disbanded. They're, st- you know, they just right, and, the, they, and they kind of faded away. They split. They came back together. They like different incarnations, but they never like <sighs> fell apart. Exactly. And <clears throat> Bischoff was also noted as saying, "Nothing against Sting, but if Sting would have been the third man, we wouldn't be talking about NWO in the same way." He no. said we wouldn't be talking about it at all. I say we would be. It would have been still well, an yeah. epic moment in wrestling history, but it, it it wouldn't have been the impact that it was. We've been talking them about them like we talk about DX, which I know people are like, "Well, NWO DX was NWO or DX was WWE's version." Yeah, they weren't at no. all the same. No. If you really no. want to break it down, neither one of those. They, yeah. And I was a DX kid. Oh. Still okay. to this day, I, I have my DX mask. I bought at WWE <laughs> shop back then when I was a shill for their products. Looking back, though. NWO was far and beyond more impactful. DX may have been a cooler thing for a little while. And, and well, in some ways, but NWO had a specific purpose yeah. for the business, not for an angle. DX was the obnoxious teen that's making dick jokes. Degenerates. And yeah. Whereas yeah. NWO was like a, a, force. Hostile, a hostile takeover. A, a, you know, yes. It of was, course. you know, um, and yeah, I mean, it was like, it, yeah, it was, It that was the, that's how the invasion storyline should have gone, and you know. So that's where, because we're, we're going to start running out of time here shortly, but what I wanted to kind of touch on is, let's fast forward to 2000, 2001, okay? Vince would still most likely end up with the company, with mm-hmm. WCW. I would assume business wouldn't have been any better or worse had this story changed anything. Maybe it would have. I think business wouldn't have been as good because that's what... It kept them going forever. 83 weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and then how many weeks after that did they win? They ping-ponged back and forth between the two. I still think there's always, in an alternate timeline, Vince may have still tried to rehash the invasion angle mm-hmm. with the NWO. It would have had to wait a little while, again, because I would assume Holland. See, every, this is so hard to do because everything would have been different as far as, like, maybe WCW got swooped up. Two years prior. Maybe somebody else bought them.
1: With Japan. And that's or, another topic.
0: Uh, maybe, you know, that we'll be discussing, you know, other suitors for WCW. Yeah, that would be a fun one too. Um, so just real quick to cap this off, we're in two, 2021. I almost, I don't know where I was, what year I thought I was going to say, but we're in 2021. Um, man. What drastic changes as of the way – honestly, I feel like NWO did so much good for the future of professional wrestling. Now looking back because of this segment, that we wouldn't have necessarily been any worse off without them. But I feel like they – that realism that they brought to it, the – WWE wouldn't have had to compete as hard, so they wouldn't have been as good. Who Who knows if we would even still technically have WWE, WWF the way we do now? Yeah. Well, I, DX was born out of that. Stone Cold was born out of that. You know, it, it, it they were direct. Uh, Austin would still to- be the fucking ringmaster. Or a variation yeah. of some just subpar. Or, or he would have got released, and you know, maybe went was, to WCW if it was, was still there. Yeah, because he was just a fucking technician, um, right? You know, he was never supposed to be the man. He made no. himself the man. exactly. Um, so there's so many. Th- we could literally do a whole hour, two hour podcast based on breaking down how the business would have specifically think, changed. I think one thing because if you look at it so NWO never happens, or not in, in the way I, it, it did. Yeah, NWO. Sting comes in, and the way that uh, Chris, and the, or I'm sorry, Luge. <laughs> um the, the way that we figured out was that, you know, if Sting was a, that it would have fizzled out after a couple would years. It, it wouldn't have had the quarter-century impact that it's had. Okay, so if you look at WWE in the mid to late 90s, they were still doing a lot of gimmicks. You had Dukes mm-hmm. the Dumpster Jersey, you had Bretman, right. Mantar, you know. right. Uh, Doink the Clown is still going around. Doink was fucking awesome. Oh, I love Doink. Um, The early Doink. Anyway. Um, You know, Goldust. I I fucking love Goldust. It's one of my all-time favorites. But still, it was, you know, all those gimmicks and stuff. They had to get rid of those because WCW was doing real shit. You know, they had Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. They didn't have, you know, Diesel and Razor Remote. Um, And, you know, so yeah, they were going into more real, so WWE had to counter that. Well, if that... Uh, if that storyline fizzled, um, especially Sting, who is like the ultimate gimmick. Um, nothing against Steve. No, Warden, no, I, I got you. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah, the Undertaker was born in that time. The only reason he was able to do it was because Mark Calloway is fucking phenomenal. Just right. The only reason Kane, Greg Jacobs, Sting, mm-hmm. Steve Borden—they're all phenomenal. They all, you know. So you know, you don't get into. Fucking, uh, you know, you, the the you, you suspend reality with those characters, right? Um, which is cool for a couple of characters, but if NWO didn't happen, I think you would have had a fuck ton more gimmick, you know. And, and they would have had to try something because the idea of doing the reality based stuff may have sparked eventually. It would have had. To. Yeah, I think I, I think maybe we'd be ten years behind. We'd be watching. I agree. You know, uh, you know, ten years or so, fifteen years. So yeah. We, uh, the caliber of what we have now or what we would be watching now would have been what we in, in the alternate timeline, what we watch now would be like what we watched in the normal timeline in 2010. I think I got there right, and my <laughs> that right. I'm a brain kind of, I think I peed a little. <laughs> You've been peeing a lot there. Uh, well, I drank, a, episode very, I drank a, 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 a quick trip, a big quick or whatever the fuck it's called. Quick. Stop. Super. Got that. Good one. <sighs> it's Coke Zero with cherry. Light so. <laughs> so speaking crushed of crushed ice, crushed ice. I, I, I like that better. But anyway. Yeah. So I mean, we kind of uh, fizzled off at the end of this one. Big but Q. Big Q. That's what it's <laughs> called. The Big Q. That's like a. That's like a. <laughs> Somebody would have ended up being named that if NWO would have been led by Sting, <laughs> just this Big Q, like yeah, Big just, B. Yeah. Uh, oh God. So it kind of fizzled off at the end of there, but I think that's appropriate considering so would have NWO yeah. either way. I think yeah. the way it went out kind of just fizzled out, but the memory is strong of how it started and where it went, started going. Well, okay, like when you think of NWO now, who do you think of? Hogan. Nash and Hulk, yeah. like the three, you know. Although you know unless you're unless you're in the WWE Hall, uh, people that pick the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and they they pick the the original four members of the NWO and they bring in X Pac mm-hmm. um, instead of Paul White, mm-hmm. who was the the actual <laughs> third member or uh, fourth, member. fourth member. But like. You you don't think a Scott Norton? You no. You don't think a Stevie Ray? You do eventually. You don't think a Buff Bagwell? I mean, no. 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 I mean, yeah. Or the LWO or the BWO yeah. or I mean, because there's another one. We could go take it to ECW, and there would have been never been a BWO, which means Stevie Richards, Blue Meanie, and uh, I can't I forget know. the other guy's I don't name. it's never an ECW. Would have never. Oh, I loved it, but would have yeah. never done BWO, mm-hmm. which was one of the top angles in ECW for a while. So, anyways. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to work on uh, how to tighten up because it's so hard to do. This one specifically is just very hard. Yeah, there's so many fucking branches. Yeah. Just... So maybe I'll maybe next time I'll actually do a couple like Doc does on the on the on the chalkboard in the second movie of the timeline continuum. I'll, I'll break some, some things down in the future. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think? I mean, I, you can always, like I said, comment us. At us, do whatever you want to do on uh Twitter, at Luchacris TV, at gone patrick, um, or just look up Patriot Pat. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, and then let us know what you think of what uh what would have happened had Sting been the third man instead of Hogan. I'm not sure what we're gonna which one we're gonna do next week, but I'll make sure we uh we post that out as soon as we, we figure it out. We wanna let them vote, maybe? Yeah, we'll, we'll do a poll. We'll do a poll uh, on the. Okay, uh, here, let me pull up. We got a list. I'm I'm just gonna pull. Uh, well, we can do it. We can do it on uh, on the uh, Sideways well, in Time podcast or uh, Twitter as well. Oh well, yeah, yeah, but um, here let let us give let's give what three options? Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, option one: WWE waits to do the invasion story until the bigger contracts are available. That's one. Um, uh, We did Sting was the third band. Okay, uh, number two, the curtain call never happened, and Triple H wins the King of the Ring. Ooh, that's good. That's another tough one. And uh, oh, yeah, you can go dark. (laughs) He knows exactly what I'm looking. Okay, Uh, okay, so uh, any one of the dark ones. We'll we'll go. We'll we'll go the darkest of the dark. Then Benoit doesn't snap. Yeah, and that was from Man. at dog d a w g g. Oh, that's my boy, dog. Oh. Yeah. Woof. By woof. Twitter. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he's so, gonna uh, be one of our loyal listeners, I would assume, too, because Bill's not a, a host on this one. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, curtain call. Uh, Benoit doesn't snap, and WWE waits to do the invasion. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll put a poll up on what Facebook and Twitter. Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just let uh, us know what you think give us uh, give us your thoughts on which one of those you want us to do for the next one um, give us your thoughts on what you think would have happened had Sting been the third man instead of Hogan give us any and all feedback on this episode in yeah. general just so we can kind of work out our kinks here <laughs>
1: yeah what, what are
0: you... kinks oh <laughs> plenty of those <laughs> uh uh-huh. uh yeah yeah tell us what you like what you didn't like um and uh yeah well mostly what that. you liked yeah Yeah. Uh, Tell me how pretty I am because, you know, my self-esteem is pretty low. So that's the other thing, too. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to move on past that real quick before I get distracted by your beauty. Um, He's looking away. Yeah. So right now I'm recording this um, through, you know, a whole setup with the soundboard and all that. Um, we're actually in the same room. Yeah. So that may change here a little bit. Um, we're going to go back and forth a little bit. I'm using a... Hey, without you know throwing myself under the bus. I'm using a really old laptop to record this right now. And I spent about seven or eight hours the other day building some layouts and stuff for... Uh, it's almost as old as the NWL. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too sweet. Uh, so, uh, and uh, I was building some Zoom layouts and stuff so there'd be some cool visuals um, so that the next couple episodes might be like this. Uh, they might be... Video format, which you guys will be able to watch on our YouTube channel, Sideways in Time Network. Um, oh, we have a whole network. Yeah, well, there's nothing on it. Well, but there will. It's be. still better than Peacock. That's. Wait, no, we don't have Rocker. Only bro. fans without porn is better with Peacock. <laughs> better than Peacock. Anyways, so uh, <laughs> keep up with us on social media. Tell us how much you love us or you hate us. We don't care either way. Just. Talk about us in general um, <sighs> Always, of course, make sure To, to uh, follow, like, share Subscribe, repeat, as JCB would say Our buddies and older brothers Over at Band from Ringside Podcast Again, on Twitter, at BFRPod At Zach with an H At BFRJCB, at BFRBill I'm out of breath Just put um, it at BFR and all the They're um, all pop up, up. Uh, And then, uh, of course, again At Patrick on Twitter At LuchaChrisTV on twitter uh let's get out of here man i know you gotta go to the bathroom i gotta put a jacket on yeah i know i'm pretty cold but uh, i gotta go to grocery shopping i gotta go to work so <laughs> you gotta take the mask off and go to work oh man so if you see me you won't know me <laughs> anyways I know. only i have seen under the mask take us out of here patrick all right well thank you so much for listening to episode zero Sideways in Time. um the way the space-time continuum works, this may be the fifth episode. Who, who the fuck knows? <laughs> Good if, point. We don't know how this crazy thing works. We might have fucked everything up, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Sideways in Time, follow us. And uh, yeah. Oh, also, time. Anchor. We're we're uploading these to Anchor. They're going to go to Spotify, iTunes, all that yeah. at some point. So keep up on and, your on whichever podcast uh, network platform. you use. Yeah. And you know, yeah. And fucking, if you like it, share the fuck out of it. Uh, you know, tell people about it. And and you know, if you like it, tell all your friends. And if you, if you hate it, we hope you don't have any friends. Uh, <laughs> he's not. He's not wrong. <laughs> that's how I ended when I posted it at the comedy clubs. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see you what uh, next week. Seven days. Yeah. And uh, all right, guys. Uh, yeah. So for for I'm Lucia Chris, I am Patriot Pat, and we are out of here. See you guys on Saturday during Pro.